Are you looking for the next role or opportunity? Looking for ways to be able to set career goals to make this a reality? Lacking confidence or suffering imposter syndrome as a working mum? Are you wanting to get tips to apply for your next position? Well, mama, oh my God, this episode is for you. The energy between career coach and owner of Work at Mama, Michaela Warburton and I was amazing. I absolutely loved the chat we have. There was so much in this episode. So go for a walk or grab a cuppa and a pen and listen in. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome, Michaela. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going so far? Really good. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and chat with you. I'm really looking forward to today's topic because looking for the next job and going for careers and and thinking about how we can manage it all, I know is a topic that as working mums, we're both pretty passionate about. So I'm really looking forward to uh, getting into the meat and bones of the discussion. But to kick it off, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am a mama to my lovely daughter, Bailey. I am a business owner. I run a career coaching business for mums called Work at Mama. Um, I live here in beautiful Sydney, super, super family orientated. And you know what? Over the last couple of years, I'd say I've become quite a spiritual person. I'm a little bit woo-woo now. I I love affirmations. I love meditation and I I think you know the power of being able to create your dream life your dream job and you know filling our cups up as mum you know we all need something so yeah a little bit woo-woo very career focused and super super passionate about helping women be inspired and empowered like that is my jam. <laughs> love it. I love it. I think we've both got very similar jams about supporting and inspiring mums so they both can thrive. So we yes. definitely, I know I see your posts on Instagram and we definitely connect in, and we've there both are. got that, both got that goal, which I think more people should have. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that we're doing our bit to help all working mums, which is amazing. I know there needs to be more of us. (laughs) There certainly does. And so what's been your career pathway to where you've got to now? Yeah, I have been in recruitment, human resources and corporate career coaching for about 15 years. So my career was in Adelaide and in Perth and I've been in Sydney for the past five years, always in that corporate space though, right? You know, the, the person that comes in early to work, the person that stays home late, like super, super career hungry. And then I had a baby. (laughs) And then I had a baby and it all changed. No, um, it was a really, really beautiful time. 2020 was an interesting year for everybody. But, you know, um, for me, it was having my daughter, Bailey, finding out that my dad was unwell and then COVID hitting. So, you know, like that, how crazy was 2020? It was, it was like to have a baby in that year and to, to launch a business <laughs> and all of those wonderful things. So, you know, um, from my career in corporate um, career coaching, I had, I guess, not the most ideal experience when it comes to returning back to work. Um, I was feeling unsupported. I was feeling like, you know, well, I, I actually had a phone call a couple of months before I was to return to say that my role was being restructured and that, uh, you know, but to be grateful for the less responsibility because, 
you know, uh, now that I was a parent, I wouldn't be able to manage it all. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Sorry. My head is just exploding right now. I hate that conversation. I could go on a whole other tangent, but I'll let you go on. Can we? Feel like this is just a whole nother episode to just uh, you know to uncover is how not to treat a tr- an employee when they're returning to to work oh. after becoming a parent. But all the things that you really um, hope not to happen happened to me, and especially from a career coaching perspective, I was like, wow, this is full on. So you know, it was happening to me um, within my working uh, my my network rather in my mother's group. A lot of other women were experiencing lack of confidence. Um, you know, totally not sure where to go with their careers. They were experiencing redundancies or, you know, rejection of part-time hours, all these things. And I thought, you know what, there's a real gap in the market when it comes to supporting women back into the workforce from maternity leave, but also even just that support um, when you're actually at work, like, you know, being able to have someone to talk to and to, to, to boost your confidence and to hold your hand through some of those tough decisions. So um, I found that naturally I was kind of becoming a career coach to a lot of the people in my network. And so I created a side hustle. I was doing it whilst I was doing my corporate career coaching. And then as it turns out, you know, the universe said, look, Michaela, I'm going to push you straight into your own business. And they made me redundant like two days before Christmas. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it wasn't the right organization for me. I was a leader. um, And unfortunately, if I look back at it, you know, the only two women that were mothers were in the organization were made redundant. And look, I can't say that, um, you know, it was just my organization. It could have been a combination of COVID, but it was just the timing of it. And so just shocking on so many levels that the the you know, timing, <laughs> the timing, the because you're a mom, and then mm-hmm. the assumption that you want less work and less mm-hmm. responsibility. Mm-hmm. I hate how people put these stamps on people because if you're a father, they're not going to say, "Oh, you're a dad, you need less responsibility." It's almost, "Oh, you're a dad, you need more responsibility." It frustrates me so much. I know, isn't it just the worst? And so, look, you and I are probably on the same wave. We hear these stories. It might. Like for me, this was the catalyst that made me start my business because I saw a gap in the market and I needed the support. So I wanted to create something that I wish that I had as a gift, right? So now I've created um, a career coaching business purely just for mums and it helps them through whatever process it is that they're going, whether it be a career pivot, whether it be them, you know, wanting to get out of corporate and to start a side hustle, whether it be just about mindset and confidence, whether it be salary negotiations or tackling those tough chats about flexible working hours or, you know, balancing work mum life, which I know you're also super passionate about. So now I am blessed that this has been my full-time gig for uh, about six, seven months now. Um, and I love it because, you know, what I learned in the corporate area, I've, le- I've captured all of that, but I've made it something that I'm passionate about and that I know is truly, truly needed. Oh, that's so inspiring that you've actually been able to come out of what is a really crappy situation. Yes, I'm going to call it out, Mm, but mm. actually come out as a better person. And I know that redundancies at the time are really crap, Mm -hmm. but I've also seen it in my corporate world that sometimes when people get made redundant, they actually go on to bigger and better things because sometimes Mm -hmm. that they needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I've also seen things go the opposite way. So congratulations on actually turning it around. Can you, I know this isn't what we were originally going to chat about, but mm. can you just give some people just, if they're in a similar situation or think that they may be in a similar situation, you know, they're on mat leave 
about to return to work. What, what did you go through? What were some of those mindsets and the emotions and how did you manage it? Because now you're so, you're thriving, which mm-hmm. is amazing. But I'm sure about six, 12 months ago, you weren't in that place. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Look, I think perspective is such a really powerful thing. And sometimes when you're in it, you can't see it. So, you know, for me, um, I am someone, I think I said at the start, like I, I'm, I'm all into the woo-woo, right? So I always had my daily routines, like um, my guided meditation or my, my gratitude diaries, um, you know, saying powerful affirmations. I think doing those things through the transition helped me to become stronger, helped me to become more resilient. But, you know, when I was probably at my worst, I really didn't even recognize it. But like, you know, I'd finish and close my laptop at the end of the day. I was a new mom. Um, COVID was happening. My partner and I both working at home and, and he'd be like, you're not happy, Michaela. You know, like, where's your joy gone? Like you used to be, you know, really animated and, and, and you know, uh, motivated in, in your communication style and wanting to go out and do things. But I just wasn't that. And so it's hard when you're in that situation like, and you need people around you to help give you um, that perspective and to open it up. So for me, it was communicating a lot with my partner and him really helping me through that. It was also about maintaining those, as I said, healthy, um, you know, those healthy fill your cup up things every single day, those rituals that really helped for me. Um, and, you know, then, then I actually decided that I needed to speak to someone about this. You know, I needed to, 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 to kind of give me some direction. And so I've always had a career coach. Um, I, having a career coach is what brought me here to Sydney. Having a career coach is what, you know, ha- has brought me to this point in my career. And so I think having someone to talk to to say, look, these are some of the things I'm going through. These are some of the challenges I have. Like, what do I do from here? And really kind of, you know, just like, I guess, mapping, that's the really important thing. So for me, the process was like, what are my values? What's really important to me? What's my long-term goal? Where do I want to be? What do I want to do? What brings me joy? And then able to, um, I guess, you know, really launch this business. But for other women that are returning to work or that are going through, communicate, 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 you know, lean on those around you and, and, and make sure that you've got, you know, some really beautiful, healthy boundaries around you to help your mindset throughout the process. Oh, that's so helpful. And I know it's going to help so many people. And it's amazing how much just the topic and theme of communication comes up in pretty much every podcast and conversation that I have, Mm. that it's so important that no matter if it's with your employer, with your partner, with your kids, with your village around you, it's just so integral. And also that you can articulate about how you're feeling um, as well. So yeah, when those dark days, you know, and so even if, you know, when you're you need to speak to someone. It's so important that, you know, you've got a career coach that you've been able to speak to. At other times you may need to see a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that some, and it's also great that you recognize that you can't necessarily solve it yourself, even though mm-hmm. you do do career coaching, that mm-hmm. there, you need to go, right. I need to get this out of my head and speak to someone. And it's such mm-hmm. a valuable lesson that so many people can take away. So true. And, you know, that's probably one of the most common things that a lot of women say to me, um, whether it be, you know, at a stage of not being sure what to do, a career pivot, being unhappy, but they just keep saying, I'm just all in my head. I'm just all in my head. Right. And so how do we, how do we resolve that? How do we get clarity? How do we get perspective? How do we get direction? It's letting it out, you know, and, and, and it might be for some people, it might be talking for others. It might be writing it out. But whatever it is, you know, like you, you just need to let that out because 
then unfortunately that can, if we don't, like the opposite is resentment builds up, unhappiness or depression or health issues. Like, so yeah, I'm, I'm just all for, that's why I think for you and I, we probably created these communities is so that we give this really beautiful, safe place for women to be able to come and share their stories and realize that they're not alone. And, you know, if they haven't got the capacity to engage in a professional career coach, then at least I've got people through a social network that they can lean on. Exactly. 100%. And, and certainly that's the biggest thing as I know a working mum that you know that you're not in it alone. And that's where, uh, like, you know, your story of redundancy and, and going through that journey, sadly, there's probably a few people that are nodding their heads and saying, yep, I've been through exactly the same thing before because, it's really crap that it actually mm-hmm. sadly happens way mm-hmm. more than what you realize because you're a working mum. People go, oh, look, you know, they want to do this and they've got the mental models around you that that's all right. But I think it's great that you've been able to say, well, no, this is what my perspective is. This is what my clarity is. And to really get you out of probably what some dark spaces yeah. to actually look at you now, you can, I can hear your energy back in your voice. You're so passionate and vibrant about what you're doing. And it's so great to see um, mm-hmm. you've been able to come out of the other end, yes. really, as you said, understanding what your values are, what your perspective is. And is, and through that process, did your perspective change about what you wanted or did it actually make it clearer? Yeah, I think, um, look, becoming a mum changed what I wanted, definitely. Um, From a career perspective, I think I've always been passionate about helping and serving people. Like, for me, I think that's one of the things that I'm really grateful for is I've always really known what I love to do. Um, And I know that's not something that everybody, you know, has. Like, not everybody goes, oh, you know, I want to be a career coach. (laughs) Um, You know, I want to be in finance or I want to be in marketing. Like, not everybody has that. But for me, um, I guess, you know, I've always known what I wanted to do, but, um, you know, for, for everything that happened to me, and I love that saying that, you know, life doesn't happen. Um, what is it? Life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Is that the yeah. one? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, something. I know exactly what you mean. And for me, I was like, yeah, right. I mean, I could look at everything that was going on around me and I could be, oh, this is happening to me and da, da, da. But I was like, no, these are my lessons. What am I going to gain from that? What am I going to gain from this? This redundancy was a push from the universe for me to now start my own business. So, you know, now I've always, I've always known what I wanted to do, but, you know, now I'm going to do it. So, yeah, and I think for, for a lot of other women, um, unfortunately, they don't always have that clarity, but that's why, um, you know, it, it's okay if you don't know the answers. But again, just knowing that there's support out there to help you to understand that you really can have it all. You really can have a dream job. You really can have somewhat of a balance when it comes to working in mum life if you just um, do the hard work and, and, and I guess, plan and, um, and, and, you know, talk to people around you and get help when you need it. Yeah, no, that's that's so important that you can have it. Um, and so you, you spoke earlier about how when you were pregnant and things really changed and your priorities changed once you became a mum, how do you think that they shifted and how did you work through that to really know, yep, this is what I'm wanting? Wow, yeah, great question. Um, so the shift in priorities for me as a mum, like I think it all comes back down to, again, like knowing what your values are, right? So the priorities for me as a mum was always about, you know, like um, being present when it comes to, um, I mean, and I'm hoping I'm answering your question here, but for me, my priorities as a mum was like, you know, super being present with Bailey, um, you know, when it comes to mealtimes or when she's 
not home from daycare or it's about being there to, to pick her up and to drop her off at daycare at a reasonable hour. And for me, when it comes to priorities from a work, it's like being available during my business hours, creating like really great customer service, servicing people, supporting them authentically, genuinely. Um, but for me, you know, I guess in order for me to find that balance, I had to really find out what my what my values were and set some really healthy boundaries for me at work and for me at my home life so that they could all somehow find somewhat of a balance right um and i think it's really funny because ultimately what i think this question leads to is is there a between working life and mum life yeah <laughs> do, do you think there is do you think there's a balance between working life and mum life i actually liken it to a venn diagram that there is definitely an integration it's not an if like it's not a ex- mutually exclusive um and I think that, yeah, by integrating it, it certainly helps it. And I think it's like a seesaw. Some weeks it's more work-focused and then mm. other weeks it's going to be more kid-focused depending on what work needs are and what kid needs are. Definitely as they get older at an emotional level. Uh, like I've got a four-month-old and, you know, there's the physical breastfed, yep, he needs to be fed. But then my three-year-old has more of the emotional needs. So I think each week it's definitely a seesaw to mm-hmm. find that balance. I don't think they're ever equal. But mm-hmm. as I said, it's the integration and it's juggling it week to week. But it's about also, you're right, knowing what your priorities are, knowing what your values are and setting those boundaries because it's also boundaries and everything It's going to be different for everyone. But it's also defining what is most important for you and what's going to work for your family. And that's the secret sauce right there. Once you know what works for you, once you know what, you know, either brings you joy or, you know, what is a trigger for you, then you can set those boundaries and then you can try and achieve somewhat of a balance. But if you're right, you know, the pendulum swings week to week. But I think just knowing those boundaries, knowing your values, then, you know, I think we can kind of manage those priorities when it comes to working mum life. Yeah, and I don't think, it, as, as we're saying, like, you, I don't think you have to choose and I don't want to see women have to choose. And that's mm-hmm. really, I think, where both of our uh, businesses are really stem from about, you know, just because you're a mum doesn't mean your career is over. I always, no. if someone says to me, well, you can't have this. I then my response is, well, why not? I want to be able yes. to have it. Yes. I love that. Exactly. Why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just on that, I know that a lot of women do think, well, I can't have a career. I can't be a ma. Like, you know, I've, and I've even seen articles recently of women choosing not to have kids because they don't think they can then have a career, uh, which kids have definitely brought me so much joy, also a lot less sleep. But you know, there's a lot of joy in it. What do you see as some of those mindset blocks where people are telling themselves that they can't do something, but they really probably deep down can? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you use the word mindset. So, you know, I think the most important thing when it comes to people, um, you know, making assumptions and decisions about, you know, having a career or having a career and kids, one or the other It's about mindset and it's about confidence, right? And if you don't have the right mindset or if you're not confident that you can do something, then you're probably more likely to, you know, be fearful of it. Um, And I think adding to that as well, unfortunately, I think society and the corporate world and, you know, the way in which some businesses are run, you know, that perception out there that unfortunately women can't do it all or have to work part-time if you're a mum or you're not as available if you're a mum, you know, those things have dampened um, and shaped and shifted our mindset and then in turn our confidence to be able to have that attitude 
of I can have it all and I can do it all. And that's why it's so important to have, you know, women like you and, and, and people like me to be able to try and, you know, change this narrative and shift these mindset of these beautiful women and mothers out there that they can have it all. So, um, you know, some of the things would be, you know, like, like, I guess, your confidence, um, you know, imposter syndrome. A lot of people get imposter syndrome, right? They, they, they feel like they're going to be found out that they're, they're not good enough. Um, you know, people might even go that whole fearful of stepping out of their comfort zone. I think that's another, um, you know, mindset block that I come across with a lot of people. They're like, you know, oh, I'm too scared to step out of my role. I've been here in five years. Like, what's it going to be like out there in the big, big dad world? You know, <laughs> or is there going to be a part-time opportunity for me? Or, oh, my company's been so good. I, I, I should stick with them out of loyalty. And, you know, like there's, there's so many things that come down to it. But I think ultimately it's, it's a combination of mindset, confidence, and unfortunately the perception that society has kind of created that has um, made us think a certain way about how th- that women can do it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but mm. as, we, as we keep saying, if you've got the right village systems boundaries yep. around you, that you certainly can. Yep. Yes, and you so can. What are some ways that we can work through those mindsets? So I know even a friend of mine, she's recently returned back to work after maternity leave, and she said, I have suffered imposter syndrome so badly because she's also starting mm. a new job. And she's like, I'm almost debilitated through imposter, imposter syndrome. So Mm. What, what are some ways that we can work through those mindsets? So if we're telling ourselves we can't do it, we're going to get found out, we should be grateful for the organisation for sticking with us, how can mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. overcome those mindset barriers? Yeah, I think, you know, learning, like becoming confident is not something that happens overnight, right? Mindset shift is not something that happens overnight. It's daily practice. It's daily work. So some of the things that I would recommend through when I'm coaching women around this, like the first thing is um, rewriting self-limiting beliefs. And I don't know if you've ever done this exercise yourself, but it's really quite therapeutic. You know, if you were to sit there and write out, like, what are my self-limiting beliefs right now? It's really quite confronting to see those written out on a piece of paper. You know, I'm going to get found out or, you know, I need to be loyal or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to, to perform through an interview or, you know, um, I get paid well. They've told me I get paid well, so I better just stay in this job. Like all those things, whatever it might be, whatever is limiting you from making change or living your best life or something that you are thinking about yourself that is stopping you from doing something, write that all down on a piece of paper and then rewrite them. Okay, rewrite those self-limiting beliefs. They don't. I mean, when you rewrite your self-limiting beliefs, I think it's a real art because I, I integrate it with like affirmations as well. So it doesn't necessarily have to be re- rewritten into something that's completely true, but it's a belief that you want to be true. Okay, so um, you know, for example, if it's like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not good enough when it comes to um, written communication or something like that, or I'm, I'm not good enough when it comes. So therefore, I'm not going to find a new job, right? Write that out and rewrite it and write it out now in a statement that says something like, I have the ability to perform incredibly well in an interview. I communicate incredibly well. I know how to promote my value. I'm aware of my skills. You know, so what you're doing is you're kind of rewriting that into a really positive statement that turns it around. And then when you reread those things with all those wonderful positive statements, as opposed to looking at the negative, then it's about practicing that. It's about putting that into your mindset so you can change it. And then again, you know, like for me, I do these sort of practice daily, but if you don't have the time, like even if you just said 
five minutes a few times a week, it can really change your perspective and how you look at things. Does that help? Oh, oh that's that fantastic. Works? Yeah, I think yeah. it actually does. I recently um, did that. Um, I launched the Working Mama Village last week and Yay. I actually wrote it down because I had limiting beliefs around it because I it probably taken me 12 months to go, no, just do it. And I actually wrote a limit, a few limiting beliefs about my fears around it. Mm-hmm. I was, I'll be honest, I was scared, you know, who's going to join? Is it actually mm-hmm. going to get up and things like that? I wrote it out onto a piece of paper. Actually, that changed my mindset. I thought, no, I'm going to give this a go and I will know once and for all, whatever may be, I'll give it my best shot. And I've then had an amazing group of women then join. So it's amazing that... Yeah, you've got, you have these limited beliefs, but as you, what you said earlier, writing it down, getting it out of your head rather than it just swirling around and all those thoughts, it mm-hmm. makes such a difference. And yeah, as I think a central theme is what we're talking about. It's that mindset mm-hmm. and it's that confidence um, yes. that you can do it. Absolutely. And look, congratulations to you. I'm so proud of your launch. It's such a wonderful initiative that you have done and it's so needed. And look, isn't it amazing to think that you did that exercise And it then propelled you to push forward and to do the action, right? But sometimes, you know, we can procrastinate and procrastinate and put off decisions constantly because we're in our own head or we're fearful or we have these self-limiting beliefs that aren't even truth. Often they're just that. They're beliefs that we think about ourselves that are limiting us from doing things. So um, writing it out is such a confronting exercise, but it's very, very healthy and then turning them around and then writing them into positive affirmations or powerful statements and reading those to kind of rewire your brain. That's really, really, really powerful. Yeah, and it's so true, isn't it? You're you're rewiring your brain because often Mm -hmm. you are your own worst enemy. You're the one that's telling you yourself these things. You can have everyone else around saying this is amazing and you're there going, oh, maybe not. Mm -hmm. It's the tall poppy syndrome. And usually you're the tall poppy that's cutting yourself down. (laughs) Absolutely. I know. Like we've got to get out of our heads, girls. We really do. (laughs) We certainly do. And so then as mums, we think that we can't have that that dream role. But really, as what we're just saying, with a mindset, we can. So Mm -hmm. what can we, you know, do to help us get to those roles? It's probably also discovering what that role is and then taking Mm -hmm. steps to do it. I know I had a manager once tell me, she goes, Karina, don't just think about the next role. Think about the role after that. And that's mm. what you're aiming for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Like, I think if you're thinking about, you know, what's the dream role or, you know, what would I do if I wanted to do a career change or if I want to pivot, not happy and I want something else. Like, if you're in that stage, first of all, I'd say congratulations. It's such an exciting it's such an exciting stage when you're about to embrace change. Um, if you're embarking on that journey, though, like sometimes, you know, you, you don't really know where to go next. You don't know what to do. And so, I mean, I, I talked through a process and, I, I mean, if you want to grab a pen and paper, we can write it out here right now. But the process that I would recommend is to start with self-evaluation, okay? So, like, ask yourself really broad questions like what makes you happy? What lights you up? What are your skills? What are your qualifications and education? Write down all of the things that you want work to bring you. Um, Describe out your ideal working environment and, like, don't skim over this. Use a lot of detail to try to visualise it. Um, And then ask yourself, like, I'd really like to work in these industries or in this job and, and list them out. And then the really powerful question to ask yourself, if money was not an issue, what would I like to do? I love so, that question. 
Yeah, don't you? And, and so many people don't do it. Like they don't ask that question. They just go, well, you know, well, I studied finance, so therefore I should be in finance. It's like, no, 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 no. If you're at that stage where you want change or you want to find your dream job or you're thinking about the future or you want to do a pivot, like whatever it is, think big. Think big. This is the time to get excited and creative and to really plan. And ultimately, like when you find something that really lights you up, when you find your purpose, not just a job, when you find your purpose, that's when you ultimately find happiness when it comes to work. That's when it doesn't feel like work. And um, I mean, I can truly say for me, that's what it feels like for me now. I know this is my purpose. I'm doing what I love. And it's there, you know, so therefore, you know, it's making me happy and it's ticking all those boxes. But if you're not at that stage where you know, asking yourself some of those questions and starting with a self-evaluation can be a really helpful first step. Oh, that is so useful. So I hope everyone's got a pen and paper. If not, go back and re-listen <laughs> to that last couple of minutes yeah. from Michaela because it's so, so useful. And I think also when you're going through those kind of exercises, think blue sky, think that you've got no limitations and because that open, that growth mindset is so important when you're doing those kind of exercises of, oh, but I've got this or I've got that. Don't think about the butts. Just think about what would be like your ideal day, your ideal job could be in any career. What would it be? Just, just go big and don't put in those limiting beliefs on yourself. You're singing my language. I love it. I love it. Think big, do the work. So exciting. And to add to that, the really beautiful thing about doing an exercise like this, when it comes to, you know, my woo woo beliefs is I believe in the power of manifestation, right? So if you were to write out a beautiful list like this with all these wonderful details about what you truly want to do, if this is meant for you, if you keep repeating this to yourself, there is a very high probability that this will come to you in some way, shape or form because you're putting it out there to the universe energetically. You're saying, this is what I want. And then like, you know, it's amazing how things start to happen in life or popping up for your opportunities or, you know, meeting people in certain industries that you're like, oh, okay, that was something that I thought about. You know, so I'm a big believer of that as well. So if you're not that way inclined on the woo-woo side, then at least, you know, it's just a really beautiful, you know, brainstorming exercise. So. No, I, I love that. I love to think the thought of the universe. If it's, if it's meant to be the universe, you're putting it out there. You're Again, it's back to communication. You're articulating what you want to do. And really subconsciously, you're actually putting in place steps to make that happen. Because mm-hmm. you've actually spoken it out loud. But if it's in your head, no one else knows about it. You haven't articulated it. So if you want to have those career changes, you want to have something that um, lights you up. And I actually find when I'm on maternity leave, I actually use it as a bit of a career break. It actually mm-hmm. helps me take a bit of a step back and go, what do I enjoy doing? What am I passionate about? What am I, as what you're saying, what do I want out of work? And I know that in my first maternity leave, I actually really did do some of that thinking and gone, I'm not going to go back to working the crazy 60 plus hours a week. I said, no. So I put in the boundaries that I'm not going to do that. But it's actually really useful that you can sit back and actually define that for you. And it's quite empowering as well that you're going, no, this is what I'm doing. This is my priorities. As opposed to work dictating what your life is going to be, you're dictating um, and you're being the CEO of your life. Love that. Absolutely. And it's so important. Life is too short. It really is. And so I think, you know, making change, doing what you love, finding joy, like having those tough conversations, being confronting, like, you know, as you said, design your life, be the CEO, 
it can it can happen but sometimes you know as busy working women and mothers we kind of just fall into routine don't we so I think even just listening to a wonderful podcast like this I think there'll be a lot of people out there will be like I need to do that yeah. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the reminder I need I need, I need to do a self-evaluation <laughs> yes yes and so what can we then do after that so we just talked through a bit of a process so I've done my self-evaluation I'm like oh my goodness I'm gonna I've I need a career change. And I've actually did this before kids. I was doing my master's and I remember doing what was called a 720 where I had both personal and um, professional people um, give a survey and feedback on me. And I actually came up to this realization. I was in a class one day going, oh my God, I actually don't want to be in the sports industry. Mm. How did I end up here? And Mm -hmm. I've just fallen into it. And I then go, no, I actually want to go back to the corporate world. And it was a very like this light bulb moment that I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, what do I need to do? How am I going to get mm-hmm. out of sports facility management into corporate? But, you know, what happens if you have these epiphanies going, I really want a career change? What can we then do to, to make the steps for those changes, which I know a lot of women actually often want to do when they're on mat leave? Look, that is such amazing um, that you had those epiphanies because I'm all I'm also a really big believer in like following your gut when you have those things. You know, when I coach women and they say, oh, you're like, I'm in a corporate role and I'm not happy, you know, but I've always had this idea. I'd really like to start this side business and I'm really into this. And it's like, if that's what you're thinking about, if that's what's coming over in your internal chatter again and again and again, it's almost like, okay, well, that's your calling, you know, and, and wouldn't you rather in life have done something and t- tried and either known if it was a success or a failure and to look back and to truly know rather than always wonder. Like I, I, I'd hate to be, you know, later on in life and just look back, oh, man, imagine if I started my own business. How, how great would have that been? Or, you know, imagine if I'd changed roles and, and gotten out of sport and, you know, went into this other industry. Like you don't want to wonder. So do it. Absolutely do it. Have those conversations. So some of the things that you can, um, you know, you can do uh, to be able to try and, you know, pivot or to, to make a change, I think is, starting with a, a bit of a career plan. And, you know, um, I think career planning is something that you can do by yourself. You can do it with a career coach. You can do it with friends. You can do it in your actual organisation. But, you know, setting yourself and understanding, like, what that long-term goal might be and then kind of reverse engineering and working it back. Um, I was listening to another podcast this morning from Jay Shetty. How I, I, He's got some really, some really um, insightful things when it comes to like um, planning. And I think he called it the four in one where you basically, you have your long-term goal, say it's your monthly goal or, you know, six monthly goal, and then you work it back. Okay. So what are the things that I, what's one thing I need to do a month to achieve that? Okay. Well, what's, what's one thing I need to do a day to get me closer to that? So do you understand what I mean? Like how you kind of basically yeah. work it back. And so same thing with your career, work out what your big goal is, what are the things that you need to do to get you there. And so if you are thinking you want to start up your own business, it's like, okay, well, let's do some research. Let's have a look into, um, uh, let's chat with some people who already have a business in that area. Let's uh, maybe do some study. Let's get a business coach. Or if you're in, um, say, for example, marketing and you say, look, I really want to get into the tech industry. Okay, well then, what do you need to do? Do you need to chat with some people? Do you need to upskill? Um, do you need to chat with a recruiter? Do you need to identify, um, you know, within your internal organisation, is there any opportunities to transition over to that area? So I think doing a career plan, um, a planning exercise is a really powerful thing to do. Again, what we're talking about, getting it all out of your head and getting it onto paper. And when you've got a plan, it's so much easier to be able to achieve a goal when you've actually got something to kind of measure against, Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're definitely also working towards something. So again, it's that big picture thinking of, you know, it's, it's even in a family life, right? I really want to go on a holiday, right? Where do you want to go? You plan it, you have a look at it and you go, and then you obviously you break it down. But over time, you've like, before you go on that holiday, you've got to pack, you may have to back in the day if you're going overseas you have to look at insurance and all these things you had to do break it down into small little steps and then eventually you go there and you can actually achieve that that one goal um and sometimes they don't have to be big steps either and as what you said and I often find breaking it down into small bite-sized pieces is actually a lot better than saying oh my god that is huge how am I going to get it done Mm -hmm. um but by breaking it down to little chunks you can actually as you say just chip it off one little bit mm-hmm. at a time, one one thing each day is yep. going to keep you going. But if you keep standing still, as they say, you're going backwards. But if you keep if you keep moving just incrementally, just a little bit more, you're actually moving forwards. So you will ultimately over time reach those yep. goals. Absolutely. And you know what, what what comes along with any sort of change is often overwhelm, okay? But by doing these exercises like career plans and by chatting with people, you know, and making these small steps and making these small goals, um, you know, it, it really helps to reduce that overwhelm and, and progress is progress, right? Like you say, it doesn't matter how big or small, progress is progress. So yeah. I'm all for doing a career plan. Everything is achievable. Every, everyone can pivot. Everyone can shift. Everybody can change. It's just about having the plan to do it, knowing your gaps, knowing your strengths, and then executing it like messy, messy action, but just, just do something. <laughs> yeah. Do something, which is actually yeah. so important. And yeah, just keep going and also keep backing yourself. Yes. Um, and it, it's you you will get there. Uh, Absolutely. And, and look, you, you know, we don't have to all be the CEO of Westpac Bank. That's mm-hmm. okay. It's it's mm-hmm. also okay to, you know, as what we were saying before, do that self-evaluation, work out what makes you happy, work out what's really important to you, your family, all different parts of your life. So you can then have the work-life balance by creating those boundaries and actually having that life by design. Yep. I love it. Come, come full circle. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when we're going out for those jobs, uh, and I think I love the scenario that I once heard that there was the same resume um, with a female name and a male name and the, the interpretation so different. And mm. also when women are looking for at a job ad, they'll go, oh, I don't have all the skills. And the guy will go, oh, I can do that maybe one element of it on the job requirements checklist and they'll go for it where the women will go yeah I don't think I really should and they're not backing themselves what advice do you have that we can overcome this isn't that interesting yet you're so right I think yeah the statistic what is it um we have to have as women 80 to 100 percent of the skills in order to make us apply for the job but the guy only has to have 20 percent and then (laughs) and then he clicks apply right and he get a look in crazy so it's so common but again I think when you and I touched on mindset and confidence this is what it comes down to so um you know and I think that's probably why one of the most important things that you've really got to address is your confidence when it comes to it so when you look at a job and you see all of those you know 10 15 job requirements and you go okay I can't do that one I'm not going to apply that is such a normal way for for us to think, but we have to shift it. Okay. We have to shift it. And the thing that I would say to you, you have to remind yourself when it comes to a job application is this job ad has been created from a line manager or recruitment officer. And this is their wish list. This is their wish list of what they ultimately in a perfect 
person. They're going to lay it all out there. It is very, very unlikely that they are going to find somebody that meets every skill requirement, every behavioural requirement, and every competency that they are looking for. So that is their wish list, okay? So just know that if that's their wish list, you know, they're not going to get everything, so I'm going to give it a good crack. So one coach when it comes to applying for jobs is never just to send a resume. That's the first thing. I would never say just send a resume. You want to qualify it, okay? So by picking up the phone and introducing yourself to the recruitment manager or to the hiring manager, whoever it is that's um, put the advert out, find out who that person is, get on the phone to them if you can, and actually verbally talk through what really are the non-negotiables? What is it that you're really looking for? And that will give you confidence to then either make that application or not make that application, but qualifying that and knowing that this is their wish list as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so useful. Uh, and I, as it comes back to as well, the communication, pick mm-hmm. up the phone, as, as nervous and scary as it may be, mm-hmm. you actually may realize that maybe the company's not for you. Because I think also when we go for a job, particularly as a working mum, we're like, oh, we're so grateful we got an interview and, and things like that. But yeah. at the same time, in those interview process, you also need to be interviewing the company to see if it's also going to be a fit for you based on what your family lifestyle is. And, you know, are they going to be flexible or are they going to be like, no, you've got to spend five days a week in the office, for example. And you're like, look, after COVID, I want to be able to spend some time at home. So it's also oh, got to work both ways. So uh, true. It is yeah. a two-way process. Every interview, every conversation, you know, they're, they're selling themselves to you and you're selling themselves, you're selling yourselves to them, but you're absolutely right. And isn't it crazy just to think, okay, an application these days, it could take, you know, an hour to two hours to do, to um, create a cover letter, to update your resume in alignment with the job, um, to, to, you know, make sure that you've uh, perhaps listened have requested like it's a quite a process it's one that takes um planning and prepping but a 10 minute phone call before doing all of that work could have saved you to make the application that was right for you or to you know to 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 walk away from it knowing that it wasn't right for you so invest that time to make that qualifying call before every application that would be my number one tip ah sensational and so on a resume how do we talk about our career gaps um that there may be through to mm-hmm. kids and, and things like mm-hmm. that. And even an interview, uh, how can we make sure that we keep the uh, recruitment people particularly and also the line managers on side about career breaks mm-hmm. um, and say, no, even though I'm a working mum, I'm still going to be an amazing employee. Yeah, absolutely. Look, my advice, and this is, I will, you hear me talk about this all the time, but I say own the mummy gap. That is my number one piece of advice. You know, when people say to me, oh, I, I don't want to, Um, put that I, you know, had a career gap in here or I just want to leave that or I'm not going to tell them I'm a mum, that's a red flag for me. That's a red flag for me because if you, number one, if you leave something out in terms of dates or gaps in your resume, it leads to assumptions from the hiring manager or the, okay? So what you want to try and avoid is assumptions. So fill in those gaps, communicate what it is. You know, I, I don't necessarily believe personally that you have to, you know, create those titles like, you know, home operations managers and things like that. You know, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily all for that when it comes to putting that on your resume, but I am for saying, you know, career break, um, maternity leave or whatever it may be and listing those dates just so that you find that information. When it comes to um, an interview though, what's really important showcasing your value and why you're suited for this role that's what they really want to see on the resume you know the fact that you one two three years or you know six months whatever it may be 
that shouldn't be what's important. You have to bring the focus into your capabilities, your skills and your value and why you're suited for the position. And that also comes down into, you know, how you communicate that through a phone screen and through an interview. It's all just about talking and showcasing your value. Yes, you can acknowledge you've had a break, but, you know, it is, as you probably know as well, it's illegal for people to be asking some of these questions as well, like, are you a parent? Do you have children? Like, they're, that, that's actually illegal for them to be able to ask. If it comes up in, in, in an interview and, you know, you can't kind of, um, you know, feel comfortable or you're steering the question, I always suggest, like, turn it around and ask them the same question. Do you have children? Or if they ask you, do you have children? You know, ask them, oh, do you have children? Like try to spit it around. But again, kind of bringing it back to the focus that, you know, of these are my skills, these are my capabilities, this is the value, this is what I can bring to you. That's what we want the focus conversation and the focus on the resume to be about. Uh, what great what great advice. Uh, and certainly I know a lot of people do actually feel a little bit of trepidation when it comes around to how best to discuss that. But mm. I guess it's really good that, you don't have to hide behind it. And I know as well, uh, recently, there's been a big push coming at it from a few companies in the US about actually putting on LinkedIn as your job description, like your header at the top of actually, you know, putting in what your, some people say what your job title is or your description and actually including, say, mother, father. Some people mm-hmm. have put down to how many kids they've got which mm-hmm. I think is really good. And I know that I've personally updated it as well to say, yeah, I'm a mum. I'm not going to hide behind it. You can probably guess that I'm a mum, but I'm also going to say, look, this is who I am. I'm not going to hide mm-hmm. that I've got two kids. Um, yeah. You know, you, you get me and you get all the skills and, and things like that with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, yes. as we say, you know, working mums are the most productive in the, in the organisation. Yes, we are. We know how to time manage. Yes, we do. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're right. I've seen that shift on LinkedIn that that is now, you know, like as you would select an employer, it's there now an employment position that you can select. And I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. Because, you know, um, I, I wrote something the other day, um, well, I read rather um, about, you know, how we're made feel uh, like we don't have kids when we go to work. But then as a parent, we're also made to feel like we don't have a job. And so my advice to people is, look, if you're working for an organisation or a company or you're in an interview and they're making you feel like it's not right to be a mum or to be a parent or to have kids, that's not the right place for you. No. It's, it's not. It's, it's, it's a red flag. It's a red flag straight from the get-go. So, yeah, own the mummy gap on the resume. Um, own it in interview and in phone screen and on your LinkedIn um, know your, that there are some, you know, discrimination laws around asking those sorts of questions in interviews, knowing your rights and really harnessing and focusing about selling your value and your key transferable skills. And that's what the focus is on. Yes, yes. And not, and not shy away with it either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. And so is there anything else that we just around career and confidence and mindset and everything else like that 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 you want to add that we haven't already covered um, oh. to really support working moms. I know we could go on all day. <laughs> I was going to say, look, where do you want me to start? No, there's so much I could talk about. But honestly, I think, you know, having um, a, a wonderful resume is uh, really powerful in, in today's market to be able to market yourself. I think having a really succinct LinkedIn profile is also a really powerful tool. It allows you to open up the doors to the hidden job market some people don't understand the power of building your brand and, um, you know, being able to have that sitting there so that people can come and tap you on the shoulder. I would say we're busy enough, you know, let's let some of the people tap us on the shoulder if we're looking for a job. So 
having a really great resume, having a really strong LinkedIn profile are some things that I would highly recommend, but doing the mindset and the confidence work, you know, setting in some really um, beautiful daily habits for yourself to be able to, you know, fill your cup and to, to allow you to be the best version of yourself as a mama and, and as an employee there, um, you know, what I recommend to be some, some really great savers throughout the day and, you know, overwhelm, not having clarity, not knowing where to start. That's all normal. Get it out on a piece of paper, write out a career plan, go back to your values. It's important for you. Set those healthy boundaries. And if you get stuck, then, you know, there's people like you and I that they can come to and talk to, and we can hold their hand through that process to allow them to, to make those changes, to become more confident or to find that, that ideal role for them. That's what we're here for. Oh, love it. Love it. Yay. Um, also, I know we haven't really touched on it, but you did actually just touch on it just then around LinkedIn. LinkedIn's not just about um, going for the job, is it? It's also, say, if you're wanting to have that career pivot, setting yourself up for that personal brand to make that pivot mm-hmm. um, and really channel mm-hmm. in and engage with people in that way, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's such um, an underutilized tool. I think today more and more people are are you know obviously becoming aware of it. But it, uh, LinkedIn has for for a very long time had this reputation that it's super corporate and it's male dominated, and you know it's just about people uh, like recruiters finding talent. But you can really use this platform to to, to build a brand, um, and you know you can in a click of a button you can create a blog, can go to thousands and thousands of people. You know, it's not as complicated as people think. And so if you want to become a subject matter expert or if you want to showcase, you know, your great skills or your talent or your case studies in whatever it may be that's your specialization, that helps elevate your brand, that helps strengthen who you are in that market or where you want to be. So LinkedIn is a really, really great tool. And yeah, so it can be there for um, job hunting. It can be there for networking. It can be there for so many wonderful tools um, within LinkedIn. And so I I'd recommend, and a lot of people like recruiters these days, they'll look at your resume, but the next thing they'll do is they'll check out your socials. And if you don't have, if you don't have it there, or if it's sitting there without a photo or, you know, without an about section or without a completed employment um, experience section, then they kind of just go, oh, okay. Like it's, it's a really, it's a small exercise that can really have a lot of value. So I would encourage people to take the time to create, you know, a, a LinkedIn profile or to at least update it. Yes, and make sure you've got a photo. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I, I LinkedIn makeovers and resume makeovers is one of the things that I offer in my coaching programs. And I tell you, probably not out of 10 people, the photo, I, I say, come on, ladies, like they've got sunglasses on or it's them in their wedding dress and they've cropped out the person next to them. No, <laughs> no, it's not oh, you when you're 19. Oh, it's, I know. it's a photo that's professional. Yes. That. That's the way you want. Think about what, what, what photo do you want to be on your corporate ID? That's you know, it's that first impression. Um, first impression. I've I've got the reputation um, in my work life that if there's someone new starting the organisation, everyone knows the first thing I will do is jump onto LinkedIn to know their background. Yep. Because I'm yes. like, right, who yes. are they? How active <laughs> are they on LinkedIn? Because that yes. tells me a little bit, little bit about them. It's really interesting. And I actually coached someone a little while ago to actually put a profile photo up and he goes, oh, wow, I get all these connection requests. I'm like, yes, because now they know what you look like. (laughs) They know exactly that it's you and it's not someone else with the same name. Small tweaks, right? Small tweaks. And and this exercise, you can do it yourself and it should only take you, you know, look, a half an hour to an hour to kind of edit and add it. Um, It doesn't have to be a recreation of your resume. It's a social networking site. It can have a bit of personality in it. 
showcase your value. These things are all searchable. So just, you know, pack it full of some wonderful value and skills that you've got. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, Michaela, I know that we could talk all day (laughs) because I know you and I are both so passionate about supporting and inspiring working mums so so they can thrive. What do you do to fill your cup? Wow, yeah. Um, For me, look, I definitely love, love, love being a mum, but I definitely think in order for me to be the best mum, you need to have some alone time. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly... Uh, f- fairly not I wouldn't say rigid but I'd say Sunday night is like my time so that like to journal I like to plan out my week I like to have a bath um you know every day I go for a walk or I drop Bailey off that's something that's really important for me to fill my cup up as to being in fresh air and seeing the ocean and you know listening to a to a podcast to, to really help me feel like me again so they would be some of the things that I would do and you know i I think that giving yourself the gift of time to fill your cup up is the most precious thing that you can do as a mom. Honestly, like you, I feel like a better person every time I take that, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes or an hour or whatever it may be for myself. I know I come back a better version of myself. Oh, amen. I'm exactly the same. And yeah just a couple of minutes, even a car ride on my own at the moment with a four-month-old is just <laughs> amazing because I don't have someone attached to me for two seconds. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but it's so important, um, you're right, to actually uh, fill your cup. And look, Michaela, thank you so much for today's chat. I've really been looking forward to to speaking with you because I know we've followed each other on Instagram for a while and we've, we've had a few chats, but I know that we're both so passionate about working mums. So, a few things that I think that um, after today's episode, and feel free to jump in if I've missed something, is first of all, you need to do a self-evaluation. I think even do this regardless if yeah. you have got career or you know exactly where you're heading. It's a really good way just to take stock, draw a line in the sand, work out what 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 makes what motivates you, what makes you happy um, in all parts of your life. You know, what for self-care, it doesn't have to be the same thing for everyone, you know walks runs exercise no Mm -hmm. exercise it doesn't matter but do work do spend that time to work out what is important to you and what makes you happy and remove those limiting beliefs and then ask yourself the question if money were no object yes Um, and I love it um yes and uh and then think about it and also knowing what your values are and your priorities and really I think doing that self-evaluation really out of today's episode if that's all you do you've actually taken a massive leap forward because Great. that that hour that you're probably going to spend and set yourself some time. Don't have the kids coming in and interrupting you. Set, give yourself some time, get yourself a coffee, tea, whatever, whatever's your jam and just do that self-evaluation to understand, you know, and help that mindset, your confidence and set those goals and directions. Because as what we've said, if you make those small little steps every single day, you're actually going to reach the top of Everest. Absolutely. So important. And as we said, it helps with the overwhelm. It helps getting things out of our head. It just, you know, we we often feel like as busy working mums, it's about not having, you know, the direction and, you know, it's where am I going? I'm just kind of on this beautiful roller coaster of motherhood, but you can have a plan. You can do the self-reflection. You can achieve goals. 
And, you know, you and I are just going to keep singing in the background that you can have it all. You can, you can. And it's also about doing that self-evaluation to make up what's important to you, create those boundaries. And also if there's a part of your life that you can't do at the moment, work out how you can get some support to be able to do it. You know, do you need like, for example, where we're recording this, I've got my mother-in-law in the other room looking after my son. So Mm -hmm. then I can do this because I'm so passionate about doing podcasts and I love the chats that I have with everyone. So I've got board and support to be able to help me do this. People wonder how have I launched a membership with a four-month-old? Yes, there's a lot of times when I'm breastfeeding them on my phone, but I've also got support around me that I can do it. So definitely Mm -hmm. having a village, I'm massively passionate about this, is certainly there. And as what you and I keep saying, you can have it. It's about creating the systems, the boundaries, the mindset around you that you can. Absolutely. You said it so well. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for today's chat. I know that I can keep talking to you all day. And um, look, I wish you every best so you can keep on thriving and turning your redundancy and giving them, you know, showing them what you're capable of and doing and you're helping so many working mums now, which is absolutely amazing. So I look forward to speaking with you um, along the journey and um, keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here today. And I hope everybody gained something from that awesome chat. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.